Good morning, my friend. I hope you are doing well. It is Self Brain Surgery Saturday, Christmas Eve, 2022. A little bit warmer out here on the river. It's four degrees this morning. Yesterday was minus eight. The day before that, minus 12 when I got up. So we're making progress, but it's still really cold. So be careful out there if you are having to be outside for any length of time today. Pray that you stay safe and warm. And we're excited around here about a little time off for the holidays and pray that you and your family have an amazing Christmas. Listen, it's, it's Christmas Eve. And if I was going to give you one gift, if I could, if I could find you wherever you are in the world, if I could meet you personally and talk to you and give you one gift, I would try to give you the gift of self brain surgery because I think it's the most important one. Peter in his book, second Peter, chapter 3, he basically tells folks why he's writing to them. He says, this is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them, I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. So if I could give you a gift, it would be to stimulate wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. So today, I just want to do a little basic talk with you, a reminder of why we talk about self-brain surgery, why all the time I'm talking about you can't change your life until you change your mind. Why is it so important? What's the basics of it? And I've been promising you a little bit of thought from Second Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to tie that into what self-brain surgery is all about. And we'll just spend a couple of minutes this morning. I don't want you to spend a lot of time with Lee Warren on Christmas Eve. I hope you have better things to do than that. But I do want to work through this together because I think it's so important. We're going to get to the treatment plan for how we handle these massive things and the many massive things that come along in life and how do we manage to hold on to hope and tell a good story with our lives even when we have hard things. And we're going through some hard things right now, to be frank with you. We are. We still maintain hope. How do we do that, friend? How do I stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory? That's what we're going to get after today because you can't change your life until you change your mind. And Lisa's going to tell us the good news that we can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right. So I've been talking all week about Second Peter chapter 1. I've been spending a lot of time in this. I, I nerded out one morning. I got into this line of thinking about how we put together the treatment plan and how it really comes from the Bible, in my opinion, that that's where I got the genesis of this whole idea of changing your thinking and that helps you change your mind and that helps you change your life. And, and of course, being a brain surgeon, I've got to wrap some metaphors around that that, that help me think in medical terms. And, and so I put this book together, Hope is the First Dose, and this is what it's all about. It's, it's about learning how to change your mind so that you can find hope and not 
not crash when the massive thing happens in your life, okay? When when these difficult things come along, because they will. And, and, you know, we can spend 10 minutes in the hospital any day, or you can go anywhere around town and keep your eyes open, and you can find some people who are going through some hard things. And if you're not in the season of that right now, I'm glad. I pray that you have a peaceful and easy life. But Jesus promised us in John sixteen thirty three in this world, you're going to have trouble. But he also promised us in John 10, 10, that he came to give us abundance. A thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And sometimes we're in that stuck place. We're in the steal and kill and destroy part. And we need to be able to remember the back half of that verse that he also came to give us abundance. Okay? So let me just talk to you for a second about your brain. Your brain, the three pounds of flesh in between your ears, is six something like 600 billion to a trillion cells in there. Okay? All kinds of different cells. Neurons, astrocytes, oligodendrogliocytes, ependymal cells, sub subependymal cells and, and uh, glial cells of all different sorts. And, and all those cells work together to create your mind, okay? Not just your brain, this organ that drives your ability to move and feel and remember and taste and touch and see and, and, and be who you are, but also your mind, this, this, this consciousness that you have inside you. And, of course, if you have a Christian faith like we do, you believe that the Spirit of God actually resides in you. If you believe in Jesus and you've called on Him as your Savior, He promises the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes inside you, and He does an important function. He reminds you of all truth. And you can't know that truth unless you spend some time in the Word. Damon, my PA, Damon Green, and I, who's a great man, great godly family, him and Sarah, beautiful, six family, six kids, and, and just an incredible family. But Damon and I sat yesterday after rounds for a few minutes and talked about how important it is to spend some time in the Word of God, to give yourself this ammunition. And Damon and I had just a really good talk about the different ways in which the, the Bible and spending time with the Word has benefited our each of our lives and our family's lives. And and so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that just to say that when you have the, the dual whammy, the double action of the double-sided sword of having a good, healthy brain and also a good relationship with the Lord and some ammunition, some word in you, those are superpowers that work together that will help you have a resilient a bound, a, a resilient ability to handle the hard things that come along in life. Okay, so let's just talk about your brain for a second. Six hundred billion to a trillion cells, and each of those cells is connected to each other by this incredible network of what we call synapses. Now, synapses are really where the the work gets done in your brain. You synapses are how you can automate a task. Like if you've ever watched somebody use a keypad, or you've had the opportunity to to type in numbers on a keypad. At first, you have to look at the keyboard right and you have to hit two plus two equals and you have to see those numbers with your head with your eyes in order to be able to accomplish the addition or subtraction or multiplication or whatever that you're doing but after a while you can do it without looking at the keypad can't you after a while you can dial your phone or or do something without actually having to look at it why because your brain builds a synapse that makes your fingers automate a task that you don't have to think about as much or even at all and you can still accomplish it okay those are synapses synapses are how you can smell a certain thing and immediately think and remember a bunch of stuff like like you smell a peanut butter cookies baking and you have a memory of your grandmother baking peanut butter cookies in her kitchen and you can feel what it felt like to be there and you can see the table and how it was set and you can remember the 
the the sound of her voice and you can remember the screen door slamming on the back porch and you can see into their backyard and you can see your grandfather out there working in the garden that's a memory that i have but it's a synapse that fires when i smell cookies baking in the oven i have a specific memory of a time and a place and it brings all of that back to life okay and that's what a synapse does but unfortunately synapses can also be unhealthy you can automate some unhealthy things you reach into the fridge for the can of beer that you crack open without really thinking about it before you know it you've had four or five because you you automated a behavior that that's how you turn your brain off at the end of the day that that's a that's a pattern that you've fallen into or you have a synapse that when a certain sound a voice happens you remember a specific thing that someone did to you and you get yourself into this place where you feel like you're going to be victimized again even though that situation was a long time ago and you have a negative stream of thought that you go into or you you have a memory that triggers another memory and all of a sudden you're in a really bad dark place again or you're angry and you don't know why the anger is coming back those are synapses okay synapses happen as automated programs that run in your brain okay and they can be healthy or they can be unhealthy you've got trillions of them you can't control the fact that you have them but what we learned in the last 20 years in neuroscience is the game changer okay when I was growing up as a student, when I was learning science, we were taught that the brain has all the cells it's ever going to have and that those things are hardwired. And after a certain age, you don't ever make any new cells in your brain and you're stuck with the brain that you have. We know now, without any doubt, since about 2004, we know that the brain actually is capable of generating new cells and that you can change synaptic connections in your brain by changing how you think. Okay, so we've learned through all of this science and technology and thousands of years of studies and, and, and learning things, we've learned what the Bible told us 2,000 years ago in Philippians chapter 4, that you can change your life by changing how you think. Okay, so we've proven it with science now. And so my whole mission here is to tell you that you've got a brain in your head that is a powerful organ and you have some control over how that organ functions and you can change it. If you're stuck, if you feel stuck with the way that you think and the results that you've been getting, here's a fact that you need to remember. If you choose not to change something, you're choosing to accept it. You're choosing to keep it. Okay, so if you want to give yourself a real Christmas present this year, let's let God dry up some things that need to die off in your life and let him plant some new things and let some streams of water come in the wilderness. Like Isaiah 43 says, let him do a new thing. Okay, and the new thing can be that you resolve to learn the art of self-brain surgery this year and become a master at not letting your brain push you around and let the spirit do what he wants to do in your life. Okay, now that's enough hard talk about that. It's Christmas Eve. I don't want to spend a lot of time. I'm going to take you through Second Peter chapter one in just a minute and tell you how I came to this treatment plan and how I got it from Scripture. But first, let's have a minute of a Christmas song. This is Chris Tomlin, beautiful. Oh, come all you faithful. One, it's the best version of that song I've ever heard. I just want to give you a minute to spend a little time on Christmas Eve, remembering what it's all about. Here's Chris Tomlin. Oh, come. 
beautiful all right let's go let's go to second peter chapter one okay this will be our little short bible study this morning for christmas eve i just want to give you how i came to the treatment plan for how we handle the hard things in life to deal with these massive things and this is really what my whole book hope is the first dose is about it's not second peter chapter one don't even mention that in there other scriptures and other things happening but but this is really it it's, if i had to put it in a nutshell this chapter gets you there okay this letter is from simon peter a slave and apostle of jesus christ i am writing to you who share the same precious faith we have this faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of jesus christ our god and savior our world right now friend is crying out for justice right you hear that every day well Peter's telling us justice and fairness comes from Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. That's why I'm here this morning. I want to give you a little bit of opportunity to get into this idea that God will give you grace and peace. If your life feels stressful, if your life feels hard and you need grace and peace, what better Christmas present? 
could you get than to learn how to do that in your brain, to give yourself this gift of self-brain surgery and change your mind so you can change your life. Here's, here's Peter, verse 3, 2 Peter 1. Here we go. You ready? I'm going to give you a Christmas present right here. Here it is. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Okay, friend, here's the, here it is in a nutshell. What do you need for life? God has given it to you, and it's to remember that he's given you great and precious promises. So when I talk about putting the treatment plan together, the first part I call prehab. I've told you a million times already. Prehab is putting stuff into your brain and into your heart that God can, the Holy Spirit can use to recall to your mind that you've been through hard things before and he got you through it, that it's been difficult before and you survived, that somehow he's never been unfaithful to you, that he's always provided the manna and the things that you needed. So remembering that he's, gotten you through things before and knowing his word enough that he can recall it for you to give you those those tools and those ammunition that ammunition and those bullets to shoot at the problems that come along in your life that you can get yourself out of the steal and kill and destroy part and get yourself pointed towards the abundance that he wants you to have that's that's in a nutshell he says i have given you everything you need so you're not lacking. If you get it, if, you, if you're willing to take it, he's right there offering it to you, friend, as a perfect Christmas present. He's given you everything you need. And it goes on in that paragraph to say, it's his great and precious promises that are what you need. Now, how do you know the promises? You have to read them. You have to spend time in the Word. You have to know what he promised you. And then you have to claim it. Like, I'm going to accept the fact that you've given me these great and precious promises. So in verse 5, Here's the actual brain surgery part. In view of all this, Peter says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. If he says, I'm going to give you the ability to change your mind, to not conform to the world anymore, but be transformed by renewing your mind. If he says, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that, and I'm going to make things work out for good on your behalf, I'm going to give you a hope and a future, then you need to respond to that. you got to pick up the knife, and you have to cut out the part that says, but wait, it doesn't apply to me. My life's always hard. Everything's too difficult. Nobody ever pays her. Nobody respects me. You know, she's going to leave again. Um, this cancer's coming back. You, you have that negative stream of thought, and then you're not responding to his promises. You need to say, no, he has promised me that he will walk beside me in the fire. He will help me in the hard times. He will not abandon me. Even if I have to die of this cancer, he's not going to leave me alone. He's going to let me have a good quality of life and, and have an ability to help my family be pointed in the right direction that leave a legacy behind that's going to be that they're going to be proud of he, he's got a promise for you in the scripture somewhere there's some promises that are for you they're all for you okay so he says make every effort to respond to god's promises make every effort to respond to god's promises he says now here's the the rehab part so my, my treatment plan is this prehab to get all this stuff in your head and heart you can use when you need it so when you hit the hard stuff you've got some ammunition to recall to, to 
put a call to mind. He says in Lamentations, he's, he's given up hope, but then he says, but wait, I take hope, and this I call to mind, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. He, he works himself back into the promises that will help him have the strength and the juice to get through the hard thing that he's going through, right? Well, then after you've gone through the hard thing, then, or while you're going through the hard thing, you do the brain surgery to get your brain back on track, to get out of fight or flight and learn how to respond instead of just reacting to the things that you're going through. Then he gives you a rehab plan right here in verse 5. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, friend, this is the this is a treatment plan, okay? This is how you rehab yourself after you've gone through something hard or while you're going through something hard. You get your brain back in control so you know how to think about the situation you're in and you decide with God's help how to respond to it. Then after that, so after that decision and after that brain surgery piece, you've done the surgery to cut a, a sick synapse and think and make a new one that helps you think more properly to get rid of a lousy attitude if you've got it to, to stop whining and complaining and murmuring and fretting yourself and all those things and you decided to put your brain on track to to let him direct you into those promises that are good for you even while you're going through the hard thing you can grab onto that abundance part then he gives you this plan of how you put yourself together that'll help you get stronger and walk through it even better and then be ready for the next time that something hard comes along again and you do it with adding to your faith moral excellence trying to just trying to be a better person trying to trying to live more inside god's guardrails right that's the idea add to your faith moral excellence why wouldn't you want to do that right you want to be excellent you want to you want to add something to your faith that'll help you be stronger and add to your moral excellence knowledge you want to learn more and read more and study more and add good things to your heart and to your brain that that prehab pieces i'm always talking about read stuff that's good for you don't just read you know murder novels and don't just read romance novels read some stuff that will add to your spiritual formation it'll give you some depth that'll broaden you but also deepen you to add to your faith moral excellence and excellence add to your moral excellence knowledge and add to your knowledge self-control we talked the other day, self-control is not just about doing this or doing that or not doing this or not doing that. It's also about getting your mind under control. Learn how to stop the crazy train of catastrophization and negative thinking and get your mind under control and add to your self-control endurance, patient endurance, he says. Because you're going to have to go through some hard things in life and you're going to have to go through some seasons where things don't make sense. But you're going to know that he's with you. You're going to have decided, you're going to have made that decision that before you got into the hard thing, that you trust him, that his promises are good for you, that they've given you everything you need to get through the situations you're in. And so you've got that patient endurance, the resilience that Mary Fran talked about, that, that that's something you can add to your faith and your moral excellence and your knowledge and your self-control. Now you've got the patient endurance piece and you add to that godliness. So you're just trying to say to your life all the time, what would God want me to do in this? God, make me hungry and thirsty 
for the things that you want me to have. Help me to stop craving what the world wants and, and the attention and, and admiration or respect of other people and how many likes I get on Instagram. Help me to want what you want. Break my heart for what makes what breaks your heart. Help me to see things through your eyes. Give me the water that will quench my thirst finally and not this stuff the world throws at me. That's what godliness is, okay? And add to your godliness brotherly affection. That He's talking about the love of other people who love the Lord. So brotherly affection, your brothers and sisters in Christ, love the church, love the people who are godly people, and and help them and be willing to, to go the extra mile to, to be there for your friends who are fellow believers and strugglers in this life. But then he doesn't throw anybody else out. Add to brotherly affection, love for everyone. Christians are supposed to be different than other people. Right now in the world, we're hearing that there's us and them. And if you're not one of us, if, you don't, if you're not on my team, then I got to fight you, dude. You're a hater. You're a this or that ist. You're a this or that phobic if you don't line up with me, right? That's not what he says. Christians are supposed to love everyone. But love, as we'll see when we get to Ephesians 4 later, isn't about just accepting and tolerating and patting everyone on the back for whatever they want to do. That's not what real love is. He says, here's how you flex these muscles and get stronger. If you want to get more aerobically fit, you got to run or walk or do exercise, right? If you want to get your muscle mass, you got to lift weights. You got to do some strength training. If you want to get physically fit, you got to do some exercise, right? If you want to get spiritually fit, you got to flex these muscles right here. He's given you everything you need, and he's given you great and precious promises, and he's telling you to do something, to, to take the verb, to find hope is two verbs. Memory is a verb made of memory and movement. So you remember the promises, and you move towards them, okay? And here's how you supplement it. Add to your faith, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control patient endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, and love for everyone. Those are the tools, friend, right here in Second Peter 1, that if you can decide in 2023, you may not have a perfect year. You may go through some hard things. You may get a bad diagnosis. You may have to shell out a bunch of cash for something that happened that you don't have any control over. You wrecked your car or something happened. And you maybe you have a financial problem. Maybe you go through a divorce. Maybe something bad happens next year. But... If you add to your faith all this stuff, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you, and you are going to be able to get through it, okay? That's the brain surgery. That's it in a nutshell. Right there is the whole thing. So give yourself that for Christmas, my friend, and we're going to be okay. It's going to be all right, and we'll do more of this later. But I just wanted to spend a few minutes with you working through that first part of Second Peter chapter 1. There's a lot more here. Much more to do, much more. We're going to do some quiet times with this, but I just want to give you that today. And he says, remember what the prophet said. Down at the end of the chapter, he, he tries to remind you that it's not just about what you can find today, but that, that he's been shining a light on this for a long time. He says, don't forget, may pay close attention to what the prophets wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. That's what I want my light, my words to be for you too sometimes, friend. I'm just trying to shine a little light for you. Remember the prophets. Their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your heart. That's what we're all about here. Christ the morning star is coming. Tomorrow we're celebrating the day he was born. It's really not probably the actual day he was born, but we've decided collectively as a society that December 25th is the day we're going to celebrate the light coming into the world. And friend, what a better Christmas present. What a better way to honor him 
than giving yourself the gift of remembering his great and precious promises and deciding that you're going to change your mind so you can change your life and you can stop living this same year over and over and over again. You can finally break some of those shackles off of you and let him do that new thing that you're trying to dry things up in December so he can bring streams into that wasteland that you've been wandering around in for a long time. If you're ready to make that kind of change, you got to do some self-brain surgery, friend. I'm going to give you my friend Tommy Walker's song, Going to Bethlehem. It's kind of a James Taylor vibe. I love this. Tommy Walker in 2019 released a Generation Carols album. That's just all these great carols redone, kind of reworked in, in the way that only Tommy Walker can do. And going to Bethlehem reminds me of James Taylor for some reason, some of his later work. And I'm just give you that song now as we go out. You can't change your life until you change your mind. I didn't take this opportunity today, Christmas Eve, spend 10 minutes and read Second Peter chapter 1 and just decide you're going to give yourself the gift of becoming a master self-brain surgery so you can hold on to the great and precious promises and you can acknowledge and know without any doubt that you've already got all the tools you need because he's given them to you. He promises his divine power has given you everything you need. You are not alone. You are not unequipped and you are not unprepared for whatever comes along in 2023. My friend, you can do it. And the good news is you can start today.
Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.